This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. For the past 17 years, students in the school district of Lee County have been assigned schools using a system called school choice. Depending on which zone a family lives in, parents rank schools by preference, and then which school they get is determined by lottery. The school choice system went into place after the district achieved what's called unity status when a 1964 lawsuit over segregation in the county's public schools was finally settled in 1999. Now, Now the district board is considering a new plan to determine school assignments. The proximity-based plan will reduce the number of schools parents have to choose from based on new maps that have been drawn using data to ensure they provide fair options. The primary reason behind the new plan is transportation issues the district faces under the school choice system, which guarantees busing for all students regardless of how far from their school they live. As the student population has grown and new schools have been built, the current system has become untenable, and right now approximately 3,000 students are being delivered to school late or home from school late every day. The board is voting on the proximity-based plan, which at this point is only for elementary age students, tomorrow evening at 6. In order to better understand the new system and the reasoning behind it and how it's been designed, I spoke with Dr. Adam Malloy. He's coordinator of the superintendent's office and project lead for the new proximity-based student assignment plan. Dr. Malloy has a background in issues around race and student assignment. His master's thesis was called Black Agency, the Role of African Americans in the Fight to Integrate the Lee County, Florida Public School System, 1954 to 1965. And his doctorate thesis was titled With All Deliberate Speed, a Preliminary Investigation of Race-Conscious Student Assignment Plan in South Florida. I spoke with him on Friday. Let's hear that conversation now. Dr. Malloy, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in to talk with us about this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So for starters, explain how the current school choice system works, and then we'll talk a little bit about its history. So we have three large geographic zones, west, south, and east, and each address coordinates to a subzone, and parents or families select uh, and rank schools within their subzone and adjacent subzone. Uh, so if you live in subzone two of any of the three large geographic areas, you are sometimes you are ranking subzone one, two, and three. Uh, our highest uh, amount of uh, schools is 17 that families rank. I myself as a parent rank 12 schools, uh, and we have the responsibility at the school district to transport to all of those schools. So just to clarify for people who don't live in Lee County or don't have kids, so you know you put your kid in kindergarten, that you get a list, you rank the, that list, there's a lottery, and then you're you're placed in a school, and even if you're placed in a school that's far away, you are still, the district is still obliged to bus them. Correct. Yeah, and it's certainly you can see kind of how this would grow as the population grows, you know, where we've kind of have a, a unique demographic situation in which we're growing exponentially every year. So we're adding more kids and adding more schools uh, to a system uh, that requires uh, the district to be responsible for transportation. Understood. This has been a, around for about 17 years, I understand? Correct. Yeah. 2005, 2006, we implement the really the base of this system uh, with the west, south, and east. Um, and give us a bit of the history that's behind how this school choice system came to be and what preceded it. So, not going back uh, too, too far, uh, but 1964, you have um, the Blaylock case, uh, which integrates uh, the school via a lawsuit put forth by the plaintiffs, uh, Rosalind Blaylock and the NAACP. And that is really what sets us kind of on this track of boundary changes every so often to try to meet the requirements of the of, of the desegregation order. Uh, and then in the 1990s, as the school district is really 
uh, attempting some new, I would call them innovative practices, whether it's magnet or controlled choice, they start to move closer and closer to unitary status, which is uh, basically getting out of the desegregation order. Uh, that happens in 1999. They settle, the case is dismissed, you know, with agreement with the plaintiffs. And then there's a five-year supervisory period until 2005, 2006. During that time, they do kind of a robust communication information campaign. They want to know what the community uh, wants out of their student assignment plan. Uh, just a note on student assignment plans, remember that this is just really setting the table for schools in terms of the students that are allowed to go there. So I think of it as setting the table for a school success, for a teacher success, for a student success. And, you know, the, the parents in the community at the time, so 1999 uh, towards 2005, they really value choice, right? The ability to choose. Uh, now, we do have preferences in our current system. So if you're, you live within two miles of a school, you get a P1 designation. Uh, you know, some levels at middle school, you get a P2 designation. So there are some preferences. And so choice uh, is something that they really move forward with. Uh, but just to put it in context in terms of the student population, in 2005, we had about 68,000 students. And now we have over 100,000 students. So it's just a, the growth that we've had and then the associated, the associated number of new schools that we've added to meet that, that, that growing population demand. So at what point did the this proximity plan sort of come onto the radar? At what point did the district start to say, we need to come up with a different system? So the proximity plan, and it, it doesn't, you know, if you want to think of it along like a uh, kind of like a, a timeline or a pendulum, that's maybe not the right word, but if you look at it on a scale from least to most restrictive student assignment policies, most school districts throughout the country operate uh, on a boundary system, meaning by your address, you're assigned to school. And that normally goes like a feeder pattern, elementary, middle, high. Uh, we don't have that process. Uh, we really have this kind of choice model in a, tr a large-scale uh, responsibility to transport model. Um, proximity as it relates to the school district of Lee County, was really not about going to a boundary system, but it was about being strategic uh, with using GIS study areas and really just reducing the zone that the district is responsible for transportation. I would say in 2020, uh, we partner with Davis Demographics. They help us with a lot of the data behind the student demographics in each one of the new zones. Uh, we go out to the community. We receive feedback. We have an email. We have a website. Uh, they're giving us suggestions about where what neighborhoods should be connected here. We're still valuing choice. Uh, so this proximity plan, it reduces uh, the average number of school choices from 12 to 4 and the district's responsibility to transport uh, by over 100 square miles. So it's a, it is a reduction in the size of the attendance zone, but there's still schools uh, to choose from and to rank in each one of the proximity zones. From, so from 2020, we do go through some leadership changes, internal uh, reformation of the plan and the target. Really, the stall uh, was, you know, was us really digging in with the procedures to associate it. So we develop the maps. We go out to the community with the maps for proximity, uh, really 21, 22. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to develop the procedures. So the big issue with changing a student assignment plan is that if you're going from a very uh, a very open system to a more restrictive system, you're going to start to displace students, uh, meaning that there's going to be students, uh, elementary school students in this case, that are living now outside of the new zone. So what do we do? What are, op what are the options that we're going to provide to them? So that was something that we worked really hard on. Uh, we think that you know the team has kind of put forward an idea that both honors uh, the current choice, but then also recognizes 
you know, that the district operationally can't afford or sustain uh, the transportation. So I would say this past year, uh, when Dr. Christopher Bernier joined in, he made proximity and student assignment kind of a number one priority for him and his team. We were seeing a lot of students late to school. Uh, we're close to 3,000 students late every single day to school. Uh, we have starting. That's, in- that's what the current number is, about 3,000? Yeah. Because I get texts in the mornings <laughs> that say, bus 5392 is late. Yeah, and that's, um, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of talk as to the why of the project. And, you know, the why of the project is that our current system uh, isn't hitting any of the targets that it was designed to do, and it's hampering student and school success uh, based on the times in which students are getting to school and getting home from school. Uh, so if we can kind of address this at the elementary level first, we do think that we'll see a lot of positive benefits that that roll out. Uh, so from the students late to school, but then also thinking about some of those start and end times uh, that are really tied to our transportation system and not actually what's best for student learning. And just to put a point on it, so you know, you might be driving down the road, you see 12 kids at a bus stop, there might be five buses that are coming to that bus stop to pick up those 12 kids and take them to five different schools. So one of the interesting exercises, yes, to your point, but it actually is uh, a little bit more inefficient. Uh, you know, we would circle uh, on the GIS map, we would kind of, you know, do like a little exercise where we would take a look at, okay, hey, in this neighborhood in East Subzone 2, where are they going to school? Uh, in some cases, they were going upwards of, you know, 15, 16 different elementary schools, hmm. uh, just elementary school bus after elementary school bus after elementary school bus. Uh, so part of the plan's hope and purpose is to reconnect communities with, you know, with a smaller number of schools, therefore, a, you know, really uh, getting those communities connected with schools. Having come out of a, a segregation lawsuit and then into school choice, um, with school choice, before we're going to move on to the specifics of proximity-based uh, assignment plans here in just a second, I promise, but with school choice doing uh, a good enough job of making sure, you know, all kids could go to schools that their parents wanted them to go to and that the, you know, that segregation on some level wasn't an issue. You know, so there were, you know, there there were some concerns um, after the desegregation order is lifted uh, that the choice plan itself was not evenly distributing uh, students per a certain demographic, whether it's socioeconomic or FSA or now fast testing level, uh, perhaps, you know, race, ethnicity, uh, that the choice, uh, current choice system, um, while it is providing lots of choices, uh, it is not evenly distributing students. Um, and it's also on the back end of operations really, uh, really costing us as, as, as well. So we think that by going with proximity, we'll have a little bit tighter control. Uh, each one of the new zones has demographic, you know, student demographics that, uh, that we think, um, you know, will distribute, that we'll be able to study the distribution and then make, and then make changes as we go forward. Uh, but the current system, I would say, is not doing uh, it was not. It, it was. It, it is not meeting its goals, uh, as were stated um, in its plan. As you know, in terms of the distribution of students. So um, now, explain this new system, how it's going to work, and and you know how it might do a better job at addressing those same goals. So, proximity uh, for elementary schools starting 2023-2024. Um, it really is like a a miniature uh, version, kind of a light of our current system. Uh, it shrinks the attendant zones and it activates transportation for elementary school students only within those proximity zones. Um, so we will immediately see some of the transportation you know, efficiencies addressed. We then are, are hoping to move and consider uh, some of those other 
um, you know, some of those other project um, connections, whether it's start and end times or aligning the middle school map, eliminating an entire transportation tier, and then taking a look at what that kindergarten cohort, because that's really who it impacts first, is that incoming kindergarten class, they will be the first proximity. All of them will be affected. Yes, sir. Some other people will be, our kids will be affected. Exactly. So the three main student groups that are affected uh, for 23-24 are incoming kindergarten students, students new to the district, they will select out of uh, elementary school students new to the district, and then any rising elementary student that is living outside of their current school zone and needs transportation. Uh, so explain now. So say, you know, I have a kid, they're going into kindergarten. I live in the east zone, sub zone two. Like what are what's it going to look like for me? So you'll have uh, you'll have an option. You'll say, OK, well, we have all the displaced uh, kids list. If this is board approved on Tuesday, those lists then go out to principals. We start an intensive communication campaign. Parents take action. These are your two options, right? If you're living outside of the proximity zone and you would like to remain at your current school, Right. You can select to uh, what we're calling grandfather or maintain enrollment. Uh, so you'll select to remain, but you'll also waive transportation. I gotcha. It's you, uh, kind of ironic that you're grandfathering elementary school students, by the way. I just think that's <laughs> funny. But in other words, so, you know, if, if your kid's going to go from first grade to second grade and you're not in that new proximity zone, you get to stay at the school. But now it's on the parents to get the kid there. Yes, sir. And, it, it, you know, there's um. Uh, there's a, a transportation kind of waiver there. Uh, but th then also we've heard from a lot of families like, well, I want to go to school closer to home. So then maybe you elect, you know, to not stay and maintain enrollment. Then you'll go into the new proximity choices based on your address. You'll, you'll select from there and then be assigned in the lottery. How long will the lists be now versus before? It goes down from on average 12 uh, schools to rank for elementary school families now to four. Okay. Um, and you've said elementary school. I know high school is not part of this, right? Correct. Yeah. High schools we're not going to touch. Is middle school part of this? Middle schools, if we're still going to maintain choice, there will be very minimal changes. We don't have quite the sophistication and depth uh, on the middle school project side. So we're looking really to align the middle school maps in years two and three. Uh, but right now, I've really just focused on the elementary side. So um, explain, you know, how you've gotten the word out to parents and, you know, what kind of feedback you've gotten throughout that process. So initially, the, the feedback uh, when we were going out to community groups, PTAs, Kiwanis, Rotaries, Chambers, uh, civic groups, was what happens to my child's uh, school? I really love that, love that school. Can they stay? And I think that that was the big, the big engagement piece or takeaway was I would like my child to be able to stay at their school, even if they're living outside the zone. And so in this approach uh, with these procedures, we've allowed that we just will not provide transportation. Has anybody put up a big stink about that, about, you know, I need my kid to be bused. This is going to be hard on us. And we really want to stick at that school. No, there's definitely been some concerns. And we knew, uh, you know, this was anticipated by, by the team and by leadership. Uh, you know, this is a changing a system of this size where people are used to functioning in is a major challenge. And so, yeah, we have heard from a lot of uh, parents and families, you know, our why for the plan, they understand, but because it impacts them, it, you know, they, they process it differently. So having those conversations, relaying those options and what the district can do, uh, you know, the district is well within 
its ability to go to a strict one-to-one -one assignment. And we actually did that exercise. We created new boundaries one-to-one. -one. You, you get an address, you get assigned to school. Uh, the displacement was just so high because you're going from one end of the spectrum, least, restric uh, least restrictive uh, to the other, which is most restrictive. So yeah, there have been parents concerned that, you know, well, what, are, what do I need to do then to get transportation? Well, you'll have to go into the proximity plan and you'll have to rank those schools there. And then that lottery will, will run. One thing that's interesting I, I did want to bring up is there's been a lot of concern about like the displacement numbers, but our current system actually displaces a lot of kids, a lot more kids every single year. So you actually have to participate in our open enrollment system to go through that choice. And so we only have about a little over half of our incoming kindergarten families that participate. The rest of them just get assigned whenever they come in to schools that have seats. So it's really not the same choice system and it's dis it's really displacing those those families on a large geographic scale. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest, Dr. Adam Malloy is coordinator of the superintendent's office at the school district of Lee County and project lead on proximity-based student assignment. The school board will be voting tomorrow evening at 6 to vote on whether to implement a new proximity-based school assignment plan, which will replace its current school choice plan for elementary schools that has been in place for the past 17 years. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic, find us on Facebook or on Twitter. Are there other districts elsewhere that do this that you looked at in order to build this model? So when we were, you know, we obviously looking at, you know, uh, similarly sized school districts and how do they assign kids? Most of them assign based on address and then offer a variety of choices or magnets. They don't always transport. Dr. Bernier and our team, you know, we're looking at our efficiency ranking. In terms of transportation, we're 64th out of 67th school districts in the state of Florida in terms of 64th worst. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of like cost and time, uh, you know, yeah, issues. bus ride times, bus route times, uh, you know, you can track a, a kindergarten student uh, past six elementary schools uh, getting picked up, you know, maybe 555 in the morning to get to a, an elementary school. So there's yeah, there's a lot of issues with with the system um, as it relates to that. And I, I just think that w the current system just wasn't setting up our school district. Uh, in the best possible way, uh, not not for success and certainly not for for efficiency. Um, you know, if it was hitting all of its goals and schools were being set up and were hitting certain marks, there'd be no reason to address it. But because they're they're not, we need to be a lot more strategic and efficient with how we operate. Uh, you know, student assignment. Um, I think you alluded to this earlier. Um, if this goes well, it could potentially lead to better, you know, or more instructional time for students. You know, it really could. It, it, the possibilities are, are endless. So if we eliminate an entire tier of transportation, we could look at increasing instructional time even within our same kind of schedule parameters. We could really maximize uh, student learning as it relates to research. Uh, you know, I taught high school for a number of years. My best blocks were always third and fourth block, with it, which started at nine o'clock, but I had already had a class. You know, my, my first class started at 7.05. They were probably the most quiet. They were the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our middle school kids are, are, are something that we hear a lot about too. You know, some of them aren't getting home till very late, you know, in the, in the evening. And that's if we can maybe move middle school up and just run three tiers. Uh, plus that would address our bus driver shortage, which is created by our system, uh, not necessarily uh, because we, we just need that many buses. We only need that many buses and bus drivers because of how much choice we're transporting. Um, I watched the podcast that you did with um, uh, Rob Spicker there at the district, and you said, and, and we have touched on this, but I want to put a finer point on it. Um, you said that, that the idea of neighborhood schools has baggage because of our history here.
here in Lee County. So can you just reiterate, you know, how this new plan has been designed to ensure that we're not going backwards and that some kids are going to, you know, go backwards because of it? Yeah, so each new zone has a diverse student population by a number of student demographics. Um, so relative, you know, to our current system, it has that ability if it was distributed and controlled and even, you know, and, and evenly put in each one of our school sites. Uh, using our history, so looking at Blaylock and the desegregation from 64 to 99, right? And really that becomes such a, uh, using that history as we move forward is so important. Uh, you know, talking with community members that were a part of that, that went through that, uh, you know, talking with yourself and, you know, my own experience in which we, we were bused from our neighborhoods to meet the, you know, or satisfy the requirements in the court order. We have to process that and, and, and use that. Uh, we are not looking to resegregate schools. We are looking to provide a strategic choice um, to our parents. We're going to make sure that there's guardrails, that there's accountability, uh, that we're, we're not just kind of letting choice run amok to use an informal, informal term, but really just to, to run wild and just distribute kids really without accountability. And so we want to stay on top of this. We really want to analyze what that kindergarten cohort looks like. Uh, this could lead to discussions about academic programming, uh, you know, increased resources. But yeah, it's, you know, re resegregation is not something that this plan is, uh, it, I, I, I honestly think it will improve our student diversity uh, metrics. And in fact, when we look at the modeling, uh, even if we went to a one-to-one, -one, we would improve our student uh, diversity or student isolation measurements. So I, I, I do think that there, that is, you know, that part of our history has been a part of our team's approach uh, and has been very important as we move forward to ensure uh, that we're not looking to go back at all. We're simply looking to go forward uh, with a little bit more accountability as to how the system is is, is distributing students. I'm not sure how, uh, whether you can answer this or not, but one of the things that I always sort of, um, you know, raises an eyebrow for me is there's so many people, so many parents sitting in line in the morning and in the afternoon to drop their kids off or pick their kids up. And I just imagine it district-wide. There's just thousands of cars idling for 45 minutes. Do you think this this new proximity plan will impact that one way or another? I do see it, uh, depending on the grandfathering numbers, I do see it potentially increasing mm. uh, parent pickup lines because if we're not providing transportation in, uh, you know, outside of the proximity zones and, and, on a lot of, and a large percentage of parents are electing to stay, uh, then that is going to require them to, you know, to, to do car lines. Now, there are a lot of schools that already have parent and drop-off uh, pickup issues. Uh, that have developed some pretty creative and innovative strategies with the logistics of, of drop-off. So I could see in these in these next few years, uh, but I see that as a really as a result of us being willing uh, to allow those kids to stay. Uh, so that's kind of a trade-off there that there you know some school sites may have to be creative um, with how they deal with that. Oh yeah, no, I mean they they do a pretty good job, but even if they do a good job, there's still a lot of cars sitting around, you know, running their air conditionings and burning gas for a long time. Um, so the the vote is tomorrow evening. There is an opportunity for public input. Remind us, you know, what that's all about and how people can be a part of it. You know, this is, um, you know, we, we're, we've been calling it real-time feedback since we've really picked up steam with the uh, connected policies, um, you know, in 2022. Uh, but, you know, I, I kept a list of every engagement proximity specific that we've done uh, since December of 2020. Uh, and it's it's very robust and extensive. Uh, but in terms of providing feedback, we are always processing, um, you know, community feedback as it relates to the plan. We did a first reading January 24th. Uh, but yes, public comment is always available. Uh, communication 
is open at the district in terms of, you know, we want to hear you, we want to know how this is impacting you, and we want to potentially address some of the concerns that you may have. So yeah, public comment um, is available at all of our board action meetings, all of our board briefing meetings. And, you know, those things are taken very seriously. So uh, if you if you want to give a comment about the plan, you, you certainly are, are more than welcome. So if it does pass uh, tomorrow evening, then what will happen next? When does this go into place next school year? So yeah, we'll go in uh, immediate impact 23-24 uh, for elementary schools, uh, not at the middle school or high school level. Elementary open enrollment we will then finalize the dates. We have some rough dates uh, based on approval. Uh, so they'll, they'll be that month plus enrollment period in which parents will elect to stay or remain and then waive transportation or go into their proximity zones. And then incoming kindergartners who are pre-registered uh, or are registering now will then rank those proximity schools. And we should run that lottery uh, for proximity maybe right at the end of March, beginning of April. And if it doesn't pass tomorrow evening, um, then the current system will go into place and maybe you'll go back to the drawing board to try to refine it and see if there's a, a, a way to change it so it does pass? Correct. Yeah. And we'll, I think the, the district is committed uh, with this as a priority to do everything that we can to, uh, to develop a better system. Uh, so, yeah, if it, if it doesn't pass, we will certainly be hard at work at trying to develop something that is, you know, that is, that is better for our schools and students. All right. I don't have any further questions. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, add before we let you go? You know, so there is a lot of information, you know, that's been available uh, on the website. If you just go to leeschools.net, there's a little proximity plan um, kind of tab there. You can click on it. You can check out, uh, there's an interactive web map. You can enter in your address, see what zone you live in, see what your choices are. Uh, there's all of the most recent board presentations in PDF form. Uh, also the board presentations, the video clips are, are uploaded there. There's frequently asked questions like an FAQ that are up there with answers. Um, and then I do apologize. There will be a very extensive communication campaign. You'll probably be hearing, especially if you're an impacted student, you'll probably be hearing a lot from the district. Please take action. This is what you need to do. Go into your focus portal. This is the form. Uh, this is the selection, you know, and so there will be a, a decent amount of communication really throughout the month of February and March um, by both the school sites and the district uh, to take action. This isn't something uh, that we're looking to just kind of you know, just throw out there. Uh, we need our families to be connected to this uh, and we need them to, you know, in some cases to, to take action on their, in their focus portal. All right. That is all the time we have. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Adam Malloy, as coordinator of the superintendent's office at School District of Lee County and project lead on proximity-based student assignment, which the board will vote on tomorrow evening. Dr. Malloy, thank you for coming in and talking to us about this. Thank you uh, so much for the opportunity to engage. You can find links to information about the plan and the process used to create it and to get the word out to parents on our website wgcu.org gcl the board vote session is tuesday february 7th beginning at 6 p.m our show today was produced by yours truly our director today is jared gonzalez our social media coordinator is tara calligan for now thank you for listening i'm mike canary this is wgcu fm fort myers 90.1 wmko marco island 91.7 fm npr for southwest florida <laughs>